Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Balin Technologies Incorporated First Quarter 2021 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during this session, you'll need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference call is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I'll now turn the call over to Mr. Daniel Kim, Executive Vice President, Corporate Development of Valen Technologies. Good morning and welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning for the first quarter 2021 earnings conference call for Valen Technologies. Joining me is our President and CEO, Randy Dewey, and our VP of Finance, Cliff Gary. We will all be available for questions at the end of the presentation. Before we begin our report, let me make it clear that our comments today will include statements and answers to questions that could imply future events such as our 2021 prospects and financial performance and could include the use of non-GAAP measures. Though it is obvious these statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions, accordingly, actual performance could differ materially from statements made today, so do not place undue reliance upon them. We also disclaim any obligation to update forward-looking statements except as required by law. I ask that you read our disclaimers and refer you to the risks and assumptions outlined in our public disclosures in particular, the section entitled Forward-Looking Statements and Risk Factors in our AIF for the year ended December 31, 2020, and our other filings which are available on CDAR. Q1 2021 results were released after market yesterday. The press release financial statements as well as the MD&A are available on CDAR and on our website at valentech.com. I would now like to turn over the call to Randy. Thank you, Daniel. Last quarter, we suggested to you that despite the ongoing challenges presented by the pandemic, we were continuing to see promising signs of a recovery. As we entered the quarter, our optimism was fueled by our improving backlog and positive momentum on previously delayed projects. We also highlighted a number of macro factors that were playing in our favor, such as the reopening of cellular stores in North America and Europe, picking up on cruise ship activity, stadium cellular upgrade programs had recommenced, Finally, with the completion of the much-delayed C-band auction, there was expectation of a pickup in capital spending with U.S. wireless carriers. While we still stand by these positive developments, the road to improved financial results is rebounding more slowly than we had hoped for. Unfortunately, this translated into lower-than-expected first-quarter financial results. All areas of our business have been negatively impacted by the pandemic, and new initiatives such as our massive MIMO factory and Vietnam continued to be impacted by travel restrictions. This pandemic had a continued significant impact on revenue, sales mix, and margins in the first quarter of 2021, particularly for the infrastructure and SATCOM business lines. The infrastructure business line saw a slower than anticipated recovery of its products, but nevertheless received approval from a tier one carrier to manufacture two types of base station antennas, which will benefit the business line in future periods. Statcom business line saw the carryover effects of COVID-19 from the fourth quarter of 2020, 
on their revenue, but experienced stronger order intake in the first quarter of 2021, finishing the quarter with a robust order backlog. In the fourth quarter of 2020, the Asia-Pacific business line was awarded a contract to produce a consumer product with an RF component. This award represented an opportunity to diversify its business into a new product category. Although the product satisfied the customer's technical RF specs, the final product was not found to be acceptable as a retail product, resulting in significant customer returns. We therefore made the difficult decision to exit this business, incurring a loss of $2 million in the first quarter of 2021 on this product category, with a smaller number of components remaining to be shipped in the next few months. I'd like to turn the call back over to Daniel to provide more commentary and details on our financial results. Daniel? Thank you, Randy. Revenue was $23.5 million in the first quarter of 2021, a decrease of $3.4 million, or 12.9%, compared to the first quarter of 2020. SATCOM had the largest percentage of revenue decline by followed by infrastructure and then embedded. APAC revenue enjoyed positive double-digit year-over-year growth. It was the only business unit to enjoy positive growth in the quarter. Lower than budgeted revenues combined with a less favorable <clears throat> excuse me, revenue mix in the first quarter compared to the prior year resulted in lower gross margin of 15.3% compared to 31.9%. Also contributing to the lower gross margin in the first quarter was the aforementioned manufacturing issue with one of APAC's platforms, which began in Q4 and will terminate in the second quarter. Excluding the loss generated by this one APAC platform, the company's gross margin in the first quarter would have been $5.6 million. Due to a continued focus on cost reductions, operating expenses in the fourth quarter decreased by $2.6 million, or 22%, compared to the first quarter of 2020. A portion of the decrease was due to government stimulus received in Q1 through various programs. The Canadian federal government extended the wage subsidy program in September 2021, and we expect to continue to receive those subsidies in Q3, albeit at reduced amounts. The financial impact of COVID in 2020 on the Advantech and Elga businesses added to the already prolonged integration path, which is nearing the end of that effort, but has impacted the recent financial performance. We expect to see improved results and performance that we believe these two business units are capable of. Net cash as of March 31st, 2021 increased by $1.4 million from December 31st, 2020, mainly due to the proceeds from the exercise of common share purchase warrants issued in December 2020 and the drawdown of the Vietnam loan offset by principal and interest payments, cash taxes, and loss incurred on a customer product and APAC business line. Our lenders have agreed to an amendment to our credit agreement, which improve, includes removing the senior debt to EBITDA ratio for the remaining quarters of 2021 and adding trailing 12-month EBITDA thresholds for September 30, 2021 and December 31, 2021. The availability on the, under the revolving credit facility was reduced from $13 million to $10 million, and the minimum liqui liquidity requirements was also reduced by $3 million. The amendment includes a waiver of compliance with the senior debt to EBITDA ratio and fixed charge coverage ratio for the quarter ending March 31, 2021. As a result of the non-compliance, the $14.1 million long-term portion of the term loan was classified under current liabilities. Capital expenditures were kept to a minimum in the first quarter of 2021 with spending of only $190,000 in an effort to conserve cash. I'll now turn the call back to Randy. We have not lost any customers or orders, but the softer period has affected the business on a short-term basis. 
Our focus continues to be on securing new orders and longer-term contracts while continuing to implement the cost-saving initiatives that commenced in the fourth quarter of 2020. As COVID-19 slowly loses its grip on our end markets, we expect we will see sequential growth and improved financials quarter over quarter for the remainder of 2021. The outlook for the wireless infrastructure business line for 2021 has improved for several reasons. First, completion of the 5G spectrum auction in December 2020, which will spur new investments across our carrier partners. Second is several projects delayed in 2020 are now scheduled for 2021. Third is new carrier supplier status wins for small cell, for which revenue commenced in the first quarter of 2021. And last, base station antennas with a Tier 1 North American carrier. The outlook for the Asia-Pacific business line for 2021 has also improved due to the pent-up demand across numerous customer segments resulting from the COVID-19 lockdowns in North America and Europe in 2020. Furthermore, Asia-Pacific has secured additional key model wins with its key customers and likewise has aggressively uh, pushed into other product segments such as tablets and laptops. The embedded antenna business is expected to continue to perform well in 2021 with gross margins expected to improve through the balance of 2021 due to a capital investment which will automate a portion of the manufacturing process of one of its highest volume products. The increase in consumer demand for Wi-Fi 6 products coupled with recent platform wins in this market have this business line expected, expecting growth for 2021. The SATCOM business line has been directly affected by the severe downturn in the airline and cruise ship industries. Although there are signs a recovery may occur in the second half of 2021, by contrast, we have seen a significant increase in military proposals and contract wins to new and existing customers for large opportunities that are expected to commence shipment in the first half of 2021. The launch of our new Summit Series 2 solid-state power amplifier has achieved early success with a key customer win. This platform has an enormous, was an enormous undertaking for our team, and we now expect to deliver our first system in the second quarter of 2021, with other awards expected to be delivered soon afterwards. We believe that there is no other platform in the market that can perform and deliver the type of capabilities our Summit Series 2 can, and it will open up multi-million dollar opportunities in both traditional geo domain and the rapidly emerging LEO constellations. Completion of our new Mazamimo facility in Vietnam still remains a challenge. We continue to experience delays in final commissioning and approval of the facility, principally due to the effect of COVID-19-related travel restrictions. That, together with softer demand in the MMU sector, means the timing for volume production of the facility remains uncertain. That concludes my formal remarks. Operator, if we could open up the line for questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Again, it is star one for questions. We'll pause for just a moment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Your first question comes from the line of Bill Zhang with Raymond James. 
Hi, morning, guys. I um, wanted to start off with the infrastructure here. Um, the two base station antennas from the tier one, do you guys have a timeline for that? Um, any additional information that would be great? Well, we've just been approved by the tier one carrier. Uh, we will commence, you know, obviously the, the efforts uh, in the second half of the year we expect to be in that business. It's too early to give you any uh, guidance on that uh, point, but obviously we don't typically give guidance, but this is a, a significant step forward. We've been uh, classified in in-building DAS. We've been classified, uh, uh, sorry, approved as a supplier for uh, those categories, we've never reached the status of base station antenna. So this is a, a new sort of territory for us, which is great opportunity, and uh, we are expecting to, uh, to provide more details on that in the, in the future quarters uh, in our reports. But it is, uh, it is early days, but it's a, a significant milestone for us to have achieved. Bill, I would add here as well in terms of uh, commentary. Uh, because we were very strong in small cell, uh, we did extremely well with that, that arena and had a terrific market share. Now that we have a base station antenna, uh, that will help feed on itself because projects that we may have not been able to have an opportunity to bid on because we did not have a base station solution, we will now be invited to the table. So it does have a bit of a synergistic benefit between our two platforms. Okay, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's great news. Um, and then, uh, given the pandemic, obviously the timing around the minor project, um, it's a bit uncertain. I know previously you've mentioned a start in Q2 and production in the second half. Um, is it safe for us to assume that timeline has been deferred at this point? Well, it's been, you know, after the last four quarters, we've been feeling as though we were close to getting the uh, travel restriction uh, issue resolved, and we've we've come up against difficulties, uh, you know, for the last 12 months running here. So we we have optimism that we'll get the the final uh, pieces of the factory certified and and completed in the in the you know in the next quarter here. Um, but I, I, I'm hesitant to uh, to commit to it because of just the uh, uncertainties around. Uh, the restrictions we've had visas approved and and flights booked and then uh, last minute changes in uh, the position of certain governments allowing uh, certain other countries in and out of the out of Vietnam so it's it's been very difficult to have absolute certainty on the timing there so uh, we are hesitant we haven't lost a customer we we still have a a great relationship there there the volumes in the end markets are softer for them obviously but they're expecting that to start uh, a robust return starting in 2022. Uh, so the need for the factory and the need for the types of products that we are expected to make in that factory remains there. Uh, the road to recovery in that side has been longer than expected uh, based on the, the severity of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, though we see we see the uh, proverbial corner coming here, um, I'm just hesitant to make any commitments on that front because of so many delays that we've experienced in the last 12 months. Bill, I would, I would add one other point in terms of the macro environment. Because of the pandemic, uh, industry volumes have dropped dramatically. As a result, there really, really wasn't much lost opportunity for us, which is the good news. Uh, the latest forecast that we've seen from industry research suggests that the market's going to re re rebound quite robustly in 2021, and that's when we, can, we, we hope we can take advantage of that. Yeah, certainly a lot of uh, moving pieces. Yeah, I understand your answer. Um, and then just the last one for me, it's around your uh, the impact business this quarter. So I understand this was a special case, the $2 million of loss. 
just just wondering what the chances are or what is the usual acceptability rate for products that you work on? I assume it's fairly high in those cases. Sorry, the line was a, a bit difficult to hear you. Bill, I understand, I know you're asking about the APAC business, but I, I didn't quite catch the nature of your question. Right. So um, the, what are what is the usual sort of acceptability rate for these products you work on? Because I know for this case, um, it wasn't sort of accepted for retail. Yeah, so this was a, you know, an opportunity that we thought was uh, – you know, for us to make a two things: one, a diversification move, as well as into a, a new product category that we were expecting it to uh, to be quite successful. And unfortunately, the opposite happened. And the uh, it, it, we don't we don't typically deal with consumer level um, uh, specs specifications such as cosmetic issues and other sort of retail uh, issues. We've always been a hardware company that's on the inside of devices. So this was the first time we were on the outside of the device. So uh, and fortunately for us, it was a, a very uh, bad situation, uh, and we've we've had to since exit it, and we've uh, we're in the throes of the final uh, pieces of that. Uh, but yes, it was a very hard and difficult uh, uh, experience for us in many regards. We thought it was going to be a, a great opportunity, and it turned out to be the opposite. Okay, thanks, guys. Your next question comes from the line of Daniel Rosenberg with Paradigm. Hi, good morning. Uh, I was curious about the robust order backlog that you mentioned in SACCOM. Um, how is that going to impact the uh, gross margin profile as you kind of guided to sequential improvement for the balance of the year? Uh, do you expect to get back to the 20 to 30% level that you've seen last year and above 30% in years prior? Uh, yeah, we do for, for, for two reasons, Daniel. When we when we were in the fourth quarter, the, the order uh, backlog, and because of C-band and a number of other things, cruise ships and airlines, SATCOM experienced a, a very soft order booking period, uh, which translates, of course, in the following quarter to a softer uh, revenue performance. And it, the SATCOM is, I would say, its its uh, its costs or its fixed costs aren't as elastic as some of our other divisions. So when volumes are down, uh, margins uh, drop uh, uh, as well. Um, and we had a higher sort of configuration of passive components in our our typical mix at SATCOM, so that sort of exacerbated the margin issue in in SATCOM for the first quarter. So the first quarter, as I mentioned, the improved backlog. Uh, and back to the, the, the core business, it's the amplifiers, it's the higher margin product line, it's that that we uh, saw uh, significant or backlog improvement, uh, which translates into revenue starting in the second quarter here. So, uh, and of course, with volumes up and with a, a better mix, uh, we expect to see a, a margin improvement in SACCOM in, in, in Q2 and beyond. And, and in the context of the customers who are... Um you know, showing demand for these products. Could you provide some color uh, on kind of the evolution of, of those Leo Geo satellites uh, that you're seeing on the front line? Sure. So the the market has been uh, uh, changing over the last couple of years, for sure. In Satcom, of course, uh, Leo, which I'll mention in a moment. But but for us, the the move towards a, a systems approach and providing a uh, a more value added product in the in the form of a solution 
is that the heart of our Summit Series 2 product line that we've been developing, and we're set to launch our, our first uh, product to market here this quarter. Um, that for us is a significant opportunity because it shifts us into, as we were talking about, larger military proposals, larger contracts, uh, more turnkey solutions uh, to our customers. So it, it has allowed us to shift into, uh, I would say, better programs, larger uh, price tag. Of course, the ASP is not just an amplifier. ASP is now a solution ASP. So it's it's, it's caused a couple things. One, for us to get ourselves positioned into larger opportunities as well as uh, as uh, you know, in, in military uh, contracts are, are, are certainly great customers and great long-term relationships, which we've had before, but was more on the on the component level. Now on the solutions level, it helps us shift into that. That said, also the, the evolution of LEO is it's still in its early stages, as you you know, and we all see it in the, the papers. Lots of the uh, satellites are going up to start building out the LEO constellation, but it's really in the early days. Uh, the, the next 10 years was, is expected to launch you know, enormous number of satellites, which will build this uh, this new constellation, which is only a few thousand miles from Earth, versus the Geo, which is 22,000 miles from Earth. So, uh, we are in a point with an interesting point in the evolution of Satcom. Uh, for the last 30, 40 years, they've you know there's been a heavy reliance on the Geo system. That Geo system has been the backbone of satellite communications for decades. Uh, this new constellation, being so much closer to Earth. Uh, brings an enormous amount of new capabilities, um, and it's really going to provide 5G in the non-fiber areas of the world, uh, that that type of performance, which is, in some cases, could be interesting in how disruptive it is, and as well, uh, the amount of bandwidth and speed and latency that, that that new system deals with. So, interesting times. In early days, mind you, early days, but uh, but the Summit Series 2 and the work that we did was an investment in advance of what is expected to be a very significant satellite and satcom uh, sector change. Okay, and lastly, around the infrastructure line, the product approval by the Tier 1 carrier, um, as you uh, win um, contracts around your, your antenna lines and around 5G build-outs, um, is, could you could you help uh, just describe the timing? When do we see the revenue? Is it a slow ramp uh, into 22? Um, what does that rollout look like? Well, it's a combination of things. One, once you get the uh, approval by the carrier, you kind of get yourself a hunting license, so to speak, and and your sales team has to work with each of the engineering design centers of the carrier and start working that product into their engineering plans. So uh, getting the approval status, it doesn't turn into revenue the next day. It, it, there's a there's a, a quarter or two of, of work and effort, and then as you get specced into new projects and, and opportunities, then it turns into uh, to real revenue. So uh, we're not giving... Uh, you know, much guidance on uh, on it in, in impacting our uh, our results in Q2, uh, but Q3 and Q4 we expect to start seeing uh, revenue commence, and uh, and then as we as we start, of course, uh, with the engineering plans of the carriers are are now starting to get, more, I would say, more fulsomely disclosed uh, because of the C band uh, reallocation is now in I would say almost fully complete. Trans, uh, spectrum is moving from the SATCOM guys to the telecom guys and the telecom carriers are now receiving uh, their spectrum and are now starting to be able to deploy some of it. So we're in, this, in the final throes of that over the balance of this quarter and somewhat a little bit into next. 
Um, but then the, the, the carrier build-out plans are, are starting to come on the, on the back of that. So lots of plans are, are, uh, are in the way right now for the usage of that spectrum. And, and um, C-band is uh, what is capable inside of these macro antennas that we've been approved for. So as C-band gets deployed, uh, these new C-band macro antennas that we've been awarded, uh, we believe that the, the two fit well together, and we're expecting this being the revenue in that product category this year. Uh, but it's too early today to give any sort of too much numerical guidance here on that. Okay, thanks for taking my questions. Your next question comes from the line of Stephen Lee with Raymond James. Um, hey, hey, Wendy, I, I missed part of the call, so you might have addressed uh, this already. Do you need your massive MIMO factory online to capture the infrastructure opportunities you've discussed? Uh, no, no. The massive MIMO factory is specific for that massive MIMO product. So the products that we've just been talking about are done in our factory in China. It's a, it's a total, separate, uh, total separate manufacturing process. Okay, okay, got it. Thanks. There are no additional questions at this time. I would like to turn it over to Randy Dewey, CEO, Balin Technologies, for closing remarks. Thank you, operator, and I thank you, everybody, for obviously your patience. It's been uh, obviously a very trying time in the last 12 months. The, the pandemic, of course, starts uh, is starting to look like it's losing its grip, and we are certainly all very optimistic about that. Uh, we continue to uh, drive our costs down and look forward to lar uh, larger opportunities, and, and uh, as well as some of the positions that we've described earlier. Obviously, it requires some patience on your part, and we really do appreciate that uh, very much, and, and thank you, and we look forward to future reports. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's conference call. You may now disconnect. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.